Hi, everyone. It's your boy, Victor LaPost, a.k.a. Vic Ocean. Uh, welcome to So What Now. On episode four, we have a, another one of our boys, uh, Billy. Um, our homie goes to UMass Boston, um, and we'll be asking him some questions and sending out some good vibes. So how you doing, bro? Hey, I'm good. I'm good. I'm still over here at UMass. I uh, still haven't graduated yet. Man, that's rough. But, uh, but, but I'm done final, so I'm just waiting for graduation. Good, good. Yeah, I know me uh, me and Christian, we already graduated, so we're we're relaxing. But we, we feel for you, man. We do. We really do. You know? Yeah. But two more weeks and you'll be a college grad, too. Yeah, I can't wait, honestly. It, it's, uh, it's pretty surreal, not going to lie. Um, but... It just now it's just a tease because I'm not doing anything until next Friday when I have graduation, the last day of May. So I'm just kind of I'm moving out this weekend, uh, but out of my apartment in Boston. But um, other than that, I'll just kind of be hanging out, won't do anything, but I still won't be a college grad. <laughs> that's nice. That's nice. So how's how has your experience been a a student living in Boston? Um, honestly. It has its up and downs. I'm not gonna lie. I mean, it's Boston. What can what else do you? Especially when you you turn 21, Boston is a great place to be on weekends. But again, on the downside of that, living also in Boston is pretty expensive. Um, so you you also you always have your up and downs with it. So Billy, typically, um, when you speak about Boston, right? Um, a lot of our viewers more generally are from the northeast area so they typically know boston but you probably know boston out of the best of us you've been in school there out out there for like four years so tell us i mean like what are your favorite things to actually do in boston especially in the south end where you live um well yeah so i mean i'm right next to southie so uh we have a great southie's always a great place to go um plus so uh we got seaport right there too so you got Lawn on D. Lawn on D is a great place when it's like, especially the last couple of days, uh, when it's been nice out. So you always got where I am in Dorchester. I'm right on the water, right on the peninsula. There's really not. I'm not like in Boston. I'm a little bit on the outskirts. But when you take an Uber, it's actually I walk to Southie right on, right on Carson Beach. We have the Harbor Walk. It's a that's a great view to to have. But other than that, it's just um, you go out, you got some clubs in Southie, you got some bars in Southie. Of course, Faneuil Hall is a great place. And then you just try to catch up on a Red Sox game when it gets nice out. That's awesome. Um, so, Billy, so you're graduating next Friday. Great. So what are you getting a bachelor's in? Um, so I'm getting a bachelor's in science. I'm in the College of Nursing and Health Science at UMass Boston. So it's going to be a bachelor's of science. And then I'm going to get in right after that. I'm going to jump into um, my master's actually with you, C. Vega, We're over at Merrimack. That's awesome. So what are you concentrating in? Exercise and sports science? Yeah, at Merrimack? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah, at Merrimack, it's uh, the exercise and sports science route. But uh, I want to be a strength and conditioning coach so that they have a track for that um, under sports and uh, exercise and sports science. So I have a graduate uh, position ship, I would say, at uh, at Boston College. So that, that helps out with uh, me wanting to coach in the future. 
Yeah, that's awesome. Especially uh, networking in Boston, you're you're in the right niche right there. And you already had an internship in Boston, correct? Yeah. So I actually took an internship last spring semester. Um, actually, and I ran it into last summer uh, with Boston College. Um, I was uh, actually it was funny because the way I got my internship uh, was a, a UMass Boston cop. He used to be a strength coach, so. I started chatting, chatting it up with him when we talk about networking. And uh, I started chatting it up with him and come to find out that his old boss is still the head strength coach of Olympic sports at BC. So I, that's how I, got, I landed that internship. And then they, uh, they actually told me about Merrimack offering their um, graduate assistantship. And that's uh, who connected me with Merrimack for my master's. That's awesome, man. Now, do you see strength and conditioning as a growing field or do you think it's just like kind of like at hovering kind of like, you know, and when I say that, I'm like comparing it to like nurses because that's in high need right now. You know, there's certain things in the healthcare field where you really know that. How do I say this? It's kind of like not more of a need, but like it's it's a balance of all two. Yeah, no, I, I completely understand what you mean. Um, I truly think it is. Uh, and again, just so people understand, I mean, the, there's a couple tracks you can go. I'm there's, I want to be a strength conditioning coach. So I want to deal with like the ad, the collegiate athletes, um, or high school athletes, um, anyone that, that plays the sport to improve their athletic performance. And then of course you have the personal trainers that are at the gyms and that have to work with clients and that's all populations. So there's also... Overall, those two fields together, improving physical activity, improving health, that is a growing field. And then, of course, when I focus on just strength and conditioning, there's always science, um, new science that are coming out. There's all these strength coaches, what people, what we call is stealing ideas from each other. Um, All these strength coaches come up with new exercises or new methods that if you don't keep up with it, you fall behind because of so many people are coming behind you to try to take that position. So that I believe, yeah, I, not right now, but because it's still fairly new. But in the future, I feel like strength conditioning is going to be an up and coming field that it's going to be really hard. I mean, it is right now to compete in uh, for a division one job. Wow. I got to say, it's really impressive that the boys are buzzing this hard. Like, all the boys going to grad school is giving me more motivation to actually go to grad school too. Yeah, I mean that's a vibe. I would. Hey, whatever school you work for, bro. You know I gotta hit you up. I want to watch some D one sports. You feel me? Well, yeah. I mean, ideally, ideally that's that's the that's the goal of Division One. But if it doesn't happen, wherever wherever I land, if it's collegiate, I got you with anything. You can come. You can Thanks. you can come support whatever school I'm at. I like that. Do you have a top school that you'd love to work at? Um, honestly, I I don't. I I I have schools in mind, of course. Um, the thing with me is I'm not really picky with this field. Uh, especially with people, if you get into this field, you really unless you're the head strength coach for a big D1 football program like Alabama or um Ohio State or whatever, you aren't gonna make a lot of money in this field. Um. It's especially with strength and conditioning, collegiate strength and conditioning, depending on the school, you uh, you really do it for the passion of it over the money. 
So, um, ideally for me is I'm not picky. If I end up at a Division three school, not like UMass Boston where I'm at right now, I, I, I'm really close with that strength coach. And we've had conversation this semester of possibly coming back after we after I finish my master's. Um, so that's, that's a huge option because that's realistic. That's in the works. He's pushing for things on the, his administration side that will, by the time I end, will, they will need another strength coach. Um, so it, for me, everyone wants to shoot for that Division I uh, school. But since there's so many people that want to go for that, it's a lot harder um, to land a job. So if you're not so picky about where you are or what division you're in, it opens up a lot of opportunities for yourself. Yeah, that, that's awesome too. How you were able to really find your passion and and you're able to really use that in a positive way. Yeah, I mean, thank you. I I mean, look, the boys are buzzing. So I think I think Big time. I think we I think I think the boys this summer are gonna have a great summer just getting ready for the real world because we're gonna attack this. Oh, we have to. We full sending it to the beach probably every other day. Uh, you know, I before can't. we start our nine to five. Yeah, I was gonna say. I, I get. I think I'm working an eight to four this year. You know, so let's see. Vega knows the struggle when I got out at six o'clock. <laughs> I couldn't do anything. Yeah, those so those shifts were tough for you, man. Oh, I mean, those. I I I love that. I love that job. Don't get me wrong, but that nine to six shift. Oh, I hated that. I hated closing. Oh. No, honestly, Billy, um, strength and conditioning I, I obviously has a lot of stems to it. I actually took an intro to strength and conditioning class at Merrimack, and it was honestly one of my favorite classes I ever took. Um, and to be honest, the whole foundational pieces of strength and conditioning is what really intrigued me. And now, does everyone go off of that whole foundational practice like you know um like the phases and whether or not to go into another phase of the workout cycle like does everyone implement their own like kind of technique or does everyone follow the same exact foundation um i would say overall uh there is basics behind everything but again the way you always improve in this field is changing things up so yeah, you have your, your typical, what they call hypertrophy phase, strength phase, and power phase. Um, now, depending on the sport and the, the season, it all depends on how you want to program. Say you have a 12-week off-season program. You might do three weeks. Three weeks, you change up the program every three weeks. Um, and for a four time. So now you have four phases and you could split that up whatever way you want. Uh, you could do, instead of doing the traditional hyper, uh, hype, um, hypertrophy phase and then go strength. Maybe you add in another strength component. Um, so it'd be called strength two, or you can call it, um, strength development and call the first strength phase as strength endurance. There's other ways that I've seen that strength coaches that I've interned and um, that I basically are my mentors. That's how they change it up to structure. It It all depends. Like you might want to change it up and see how you like this. 
again, it's not, it's not just a try. Uh, like, uh, let me throw my idea out and see if it works. There's reason behind everything you do as a strength coach. So you, but just changing it up, changing the creativity. So you aren't just doing the same thing and, and staying behind in the field. You always have to improve yourself. And that's awesome, man. Cause really how you were speaking about how that strength coach and you were having like real like conversations as to, as to like what the future of the field is. I mean, like, what do you think about that? Like strength, strength and conditioning coaches, like seeing up and comers like you, you know, and many other fellows, um, it's really like paying it forward, man. And like, it's just all about being a nice person and showing that gratitude and seeing another person struggle of what they actually want to do, especially through school life. A lot of things can, you know, just happen all at once. And I really think in your situation, you battle through a lot of adversity, just knowing you personally. And so, you know, I think paying it forward towards like the next person you see coming up, you're only going to be like, Hey, listen, I was in that situation just as you. And you're going to be like, Hey, it's going to be all good. If you're passionate and if you want it, you go get it. And that's exactly why I wanted to get into the fields. Like I said, it's all about passion for me. If I can make an impact of the, cause when you, if you work with college, you have them from 18 and, to 21 or 22, depending on the age. So, see Vega, you definitely know, with being a student athlete, having one person can really impact you on that athletic side. So I want to be that, that coach where my athletes come and they have confidence in my program, but also if they need advice off the field too or off the court. So that's exactly why, like you say, it's like paying it. Um, because for me, I was a, I was a, I started at UMass Boston as a student athlete. And after two years, um, I stopped playing due to personal reasons. And who I really had was my strength coach, um, Jeff Ebbs over here. And that's why I connected to strength conditioning so much is because he paid it forward by pushing me in the weight room. And that's what caught me my attention after I stopped playing. Yeah, man, that mine was sort of like in the same boat after after three years of doing track. I was really grateful for my coaches, my teammates, and they all respected my decision. I think what that's what really kept me a part of that family. Um, once a person, you know, accepts for what you're doing and really doesn't like, you know, and I guess it's going to move on to my next question I'm about to ask you, but it's really just handling what you need to do best for you. And at the end of the day, you're going to make your own decision. You're going to know what makes you happy or what, whether or not it makes you happy or not, you're going to eventually find your happiness. And so my fourth year, I did, I decided, Hey, I want to focus on work. I want to focus on school, getting into grad school. Um, and I thought track was limiting just a lot of that. And especially like my personal life as well. And so I guess this is my question. How do you handle like criticism in general? Just like not like in terms of schooling, life advice, like literally just criticism of any, any sort. Um, with me, I mean, how I take, how I, how I take a lot of criticism, how I take everything towards life is you got to keep, you got to be open-minded with it. Um, 
So I was always told when I was younger is I was very a coachable uh, kid. I was a coachable person. And for me, it's like there's good criticism, there's bad criticism, but there's always lessons to be learned through both good and bad criticism, um, depending on how you look at it. So you do have good criti- crit- uh, criticism um, that you, you kind of look at it and you're like, okay, uh, how, how am I going to improve? How am I going to change this? Because truthfully, if you can't, I, well, if you can't take criticism, any form of it, um, and you can't handle it in a professional manner or a, a mature manner, criticism is what this whole world is about. Um, so it really will beat you up mentally. And there was a point, there was a time, um, where I wasn't, trust me, trust me, I wasn't like this. I didn't have this mindset or this way towards criticism, um, all my life uh, that I went through low points in my life where I did take criticism personally. Uh, and I overthought about a lot of it. Um, and it really hurt your mental state. And I realized that. So I had to work on how I changed, how I thought about it and how am I going to change it? Um, because you face the fact that if you let criticism eat you inside, um, you will be at a, a place where, you it might it's hard to come out um and nowadays everyone talks about the mental health and mental illness and people don't realize it but you cover off a lot and that other people might not see um you you portray yourself differently so that's how i had to kind of take criticism and look at it and change my way of thinking so i'm like wow there's a reason why i'm getting this criticism um and how am I going to improve it? Or am I just going to kind of look at it and be like, well, that doesn't pertain towards what I'm focused on. So I'm just going to let that go, you know? Yeah. So, you know, it really sounds like you were able to to do some self-reflection and, and really understand what was going on with you at that moment in your life. And you were able to find some motivation and use that in a really positive way to make yourself a better person and flourish as a student athlete in order to succeed. Yeah. And that's, and that's what it is. It's taking the negatives and turning into a positive because you don't know what's going to happen. Um, and there was, a, it's a lot, it's a lot of work. I, I went through journals, you, you type through journals, you, you go through stuff, a lot of self-reflection and that's how, and that's how it is. You got to turn it into a positivity because it's just, you'll just get deeper and deeper if you stay negative dots. That's why we always talk about good vibes only, right? Facts. So what, what would you say would be the biggest motivation you had during those, those times where you're self-reflecting and trying to improve yourself? Um, biggest motivation I had um, was, uh, honestly, and I'm a huge mama's boy, so that was definitely uh, a huge motivation. Um, and when I was going through some personal stuff, um, my mom was always there and I opened up to my mom, uh, a lot more than I usually did. There was stuff that she didn't know. I even kept from my own mother. I mean, that's what happens. Um, so when I was going through that and I was, I was getting out of my funk, of course, when you're in Boston, uh, I live, I live with three roommates. Uh, I live on my own. I'm not. I'm not, I'm a half an hour, 35 minute drive to home. So I can't just do that every, uh, every day. Um, so 
it was like talking on the phone with her and just kind of letting everything off my chest. And of course I had um, friends, my close friends. I mean, we, we, we all know this. You keep, we, we kept the circle, we keep the circle tight. Um, and so I had my close friends to go to too, but those are my motivations. Those are like right under my mom, the, the people that I had to, I trusted to get advice from. Yeah. No, I- and sometimes, sometimes it does, it is hard to, to really um, open up, but sometimes you realize that opening up and, and um, looking for help is the best thing that you can do. Yeah. That's exactly what it is. Mm-hmm. Seriously. And, but you, you got to admit it to yourself first. Oh, yeah. And we were talking about that. That's been like the theme of the past like three podcasts for us is basically, you know, um, we are realizing um, what you are in yourself and what you want first. And, and that comes with self-happiness and really just admitting your wrongs and seeking help because there's nothing wrong with seeking help. Nothing wrong with that. I think a lot of people are afraid because they're influenced by media, friends, you know, family members. And, you know, sometimes that old school thought really just goes into your head. And I know you, you come from an old school family. So, I mean, it's just that old school thought sometimes that you have to kind of branch out of and really just start, you know, thinking what you want to do, thinking on your own and, a lot of your friends, and you'll notice over the years, and this is this goes for anybody. The real friends tell you what you need to hear. The other friends tell you what they what you want to hear. So there's yep. there's there's just a there's a fine line in difference. And if that one friend is like hyping you up, this isn't that. I mean, like there's a blend of everything. But that one friend or three friends that will sit you down and say, "Listen, you do." x y and z completely wrong and then you'll uh, you'll just utterly you know understand them because they're telling you what you want to hear i'm sorry what you need to hear and yeah i mean that's exactly why i keep my circle small um i got friends that i know that when i need to be put in my place or be accountable i mean my friends are gonna call me out about it that's why i trust them with my life um they're not gonna let me go and be like hey you were like this, this situation, like it was all right, or they beat the bush around it. No, the friends I got will tell me straight up, like, nah, you messed up, and this is what you need to do, and all that. And that's that's how I what I think are good friends, um, of my quote unquote my boys, because they hold they hold you to a a, a counter a level a standard that they want to succeed. I mean, they always say you should the people that you surround. Uh, the people that are going to help you grow. I mean, if they're not in your your way, if they're not in the same direction that you're going and they're pulling you back, then those people need to get out of your life. Um, and that's what, I mean, as I noticed, as I got older, coming from right out of high school, everyone, everyone in high school, everyone's talking, you have your certain friends, but you realize your four years as you grow up, who is really around and who was kind of what now I call acquaintances. You see them on social media, but you don't really uh, hang out with them. They they don't really connect maybe here and there, but it's not your true core. And from my first year in college to my fourth year right now, 
my circle traumatic, tremendously got smaller, and I'm perfectly uh, okay with it. I don't need a lot of friends. I can. I need my two, two or three close friends that we hang out with all all the time, and that's all. I, and I'm content with that in my life. Yeah, and there's nothing wrong with having a small group of friends, you know, because you know you're really able to to help each other grow. You know, you can listen to each other's problems. Um, you know that if you call one of your close friends at any time, they'll be there to help, and and you know that they'll do the same for you too. Yeah, I mean that's exactly. I, I'm, I mean, I I tell I tell my friends, I don't care what time it is. I sleep with my phone on ring if they're out, and I don't go out and they need a ride. Um, as long as, but call me so I wake up because I'll hit my phone. No matter what time it is, I'll always be there for my close friends. Yeah, yeah, and you know I think. Friendship wise, that's probably the best thing that can happen when when you have such a close uh, um, a close group of friends is that you know they become more family than they are your friends. Yep. Oh, one hundred percent. Yeah, these are the these are the types of conversations. Actually, me and Billy used to have all the times around the fire, or me and Vic around the fire. Like these are just like. Wait, this we is used just to like... hold up, hold up. I, I come home this weekend. These are happening again. <laughs> God, these are happening this I don't weekend. know what you're talking you guys, about. We used to. Who? We still do. It's not over. It's not over. It's just a yet. see you later. Not not a goodbye. <laughs> this is true. The, I that, know, right? I like, messed up on my words right there. That was that was really bad. Um, you're breaking my heart. <laughs> no, because I, you know, I'm just saying, like, um, like. You know, like I get a little teary eyed just talking about it. It's just like the nostalgia, to be honest. It's just like, that's why I said, like, we used to. It's like, when I say that, it's just like, that's what we do every summer. You know, like yeah. every time we're around, like, a, a summer vibe, once the weather starts getting good, you know what I mean? Like, like you tweeted that, like, a couple of weeks ago, like, damn, this weather reminds me of the, of the times, you know, of when we used to have fires at, uh, at Vegas house or something like that. So like, you know, yeah. it just goes like strictly into your mind. And, you know, especially when you have downtime, you just hit up your boys and say, yo, fire tonight. And then you're out there no matter how late or how early you have work the next morning, you're immediately out to at least 12 a.m. At least. And you know, the best part is, 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 is you don't even know that you're out that late. Oh, That's my God. That's what yep. you, you just have conversations. You're having good time. And the music's going. You're putting more wood on the fire. Next thing you know, you have to be up at 6 a.m. And it's 12.30. And you're like, wow, where'd the time go? Those are the nights that I love. Yeah. And I think the the best part about those type of nights is that, like, no one's on their phones. It's just you with the boys having a great conversation, you know, doing a lot of, you know, back and forth. But time goes by so fast and we're not on our phones. And, you know, I think that's something the boys have to do a lot more this summer. Yeah. When that, don't get me, don't get me started on the phone conversation. Cause that can go on. Cause that's exactly what it is. Is when, when you put that phone down, you realize a lot around you. And I've noticed that when I was self-reflecting. Too. Yeah, I know. It's because, you know, we're even myself, you know, we're always so connected to our phones. You know, I wake up and the first thing I do is I, I check my phone and I go on Snapchat. Or, you know, the, the last thing I do before I go to bed is is snap someone or something like that. And, you know, I think I think that's something I do want to change because I shouldn't let the phone change 
who I am as a person or the relationships I want to make in the future. But that's so tough because I'm so used to it and it's something I've been doing for so long. Yeah. And I'm honestly, I, I noticed this the last couple of days because it was starting to get nice out is I had to get actually my phone, my phone screen cracked. So I had to drop it off to get it fixed. And, um, I had to kill a half hour and all I did was walk up Mass Ave in Cambridge all the way up as far as I can go. And I walked back down to come get my phone. It was like a 45 minute walk. This was two days ago when it was 80 degrees out and beautiful. And right then and there, I was like, I want it's nice out. I want to put my phone away and I want to go for a walk. Because you realize so much around you when you don't have your phone out. Oh, yeah, I know. And it's so know, weird, yeah. <clears throat> oh, man. Just thinking about it, too, um, like the norm of just everyone having their phones. It's like as soon as you walk into a line somewhere and you're at a, a retail store or like a Starbucks you just, if you drop your phone for like two seconds, you're going to see every single person on their phone. It's so crazy. I know. It's so bad, though. Yeah. And then you look like a weirdo because you're not, look, you're not looking at your phone. <laughs> yeah. And then, and then there's the social norm where you decide to pull out your phone because you don't want to be the only one. It's so bad. I was, I was walking the other day and, um, I'm walking to class and I just I'm don't have my headphones in. I'm literally facing forward walking and someone almost walked into me because they had their head in their phone on the sidewalk. They it was like a car cutting me off when I'm driving. They swerved right in front of me and I was like, Hello and they had no idea because their head was in their head was in their phone. And I was like, uh when I say I was like two feet nose to nose with this person and she just came in and just kind of cut me off. And I was just like, what the heck is going on here? And she was so she was so in-depth on her phone. She had no idea where the heck she was. <laughs> oh, God. Now, this is going to be a question for you guys, for you guys both. I've just been curious about this since, like, we started talking about adversity and stuff. So when you're, like, down, like, in your downtime – what do you make the most out of your time when you're like feeling that type of way where you're self reflecting? What do you do with that time particularly? Vic, you want to take this one first? You know, yeah, I'll take this one first. I got you. You know, for myself, <laughs> this question, you know, I think we've all been through some hard times in our life where, you know, we have to take a, a step back and actually analyze what's going on with ourselves. And, you know, sometimes it's really hard to do that because we always want to try to do the make the best of things or or we always want to try to be as successful as we can. But, you know, sometimes in the past few years, for example, in school, you know, in order to do that, I have to step back and be by myself and I have to give myself some personal time. Um, you know, I, I do like being social and, you know, and talking and and having a lot of people around me but there's nothing better than sometimes just popping in a some headphones listening to some music and and just you know thinking about how you can better yourself um because sometimes even though even your closest friends they can't help you deal with that because sometimes you just have to do it on your own and when you do that if you if you're able to come out of it 
you'll come out of it a stronger person. Yeah, I mean, Vic said that just kind of what I was thinking too um, is there is, for me, everyone, like I'm a really outgoing person, um, but lately it's just I've been more content of not going out on weekends or not, um, excuse me, not doing something on a weekend because I just want to stay home. Um, I've been watching the Marvel series in order before I watch (laughs) Endgame. And, yeah, I'm over here watching two two movies a night because uh, I just want to stay in. And I have more content with myself um, even if I stay in. So I believe with that, it's how you sometimes it's good to go out and like Vic said, go out and be with your friends. But I think it's more importantly where if you can be happy staying in on a weekend by yourself, doing something like watching a movie, then I believe that's how you really like reflect on a lot about your life. Um, you're, you're happy where you are with yourself. Oh, of course. And, you know, it's always great to have other people there to help you. But sometimes there's nothing better than just yourself. Uh, I mean, you got to love yourself in the end, right? Yeah, you have to love yourself first in order to love someone else. Yeah. Yeah, Yeah, that's the only way. I feel like a lot of situations you find yourself in um, are going to be ones you never dealt with before. And that's just how life is. You know, you'll go through one adversity and then you say to yourself, all right, I know what to do the next time this happens. But more times than not, that's not going to happen again. And you're just going to deal with a new adversity that you face in your life. And that's just what we do, though. As humans, we adapt. And so if we realize we did something wrong or even if we tell ourselves like, you know, For me, I'm my, like, toughest critic. Whenever I do something wrong, like, I always think I can do so much better than than what I did. Even if I did something great, I always look for that next level. And that's just something I needed to work on for myself, and I'm still working on to this day, of just being myself and, you know, trying to let everything just ease and live in the moment and not just be so damn hard on myself. Because if you keep doing that, you're only going to put more stress in your life, stress on your family, just negativity that you don't want to deal with and like you guys say all the time it's the positivity that really makes you grow and flourish and you know just taking those simple walks like you did the other day billy um up mass ave or vic just taking time to himself and plugging in some earphones and listening to some daniel caesar or like it's just like the little things like that and um it truly helps because music is powerful and walking is powerful just enjoying yourself in with nature. And I believe music can do that as well because half of the time music is relatable. So you pick your, you really you pick your niche. Yeah. Music can be, music tells more stories behind stuff that if you really listen to it. Yeah. Yeah. And when you're going through this, this isn't something that you're going to fix, you know, overnight, you know, this is a continuous process that, you know, you keep going through in order until you really find that that level of where you feel happy even when you even when you like think you're feeling happy something might come up um but again like they always say right god throws his toughest battles at his strongest disciples 
I mean, if he's he he knows the people, if he's making stuff hard in in your life, then and you and, and you come through it, you overcome it. He knows that you're you're a strong person. There was something I truly believe. There's something uh, behind everything, you know. Yeah, there's a reason for everything. I truly believe that. And and once that happens, and once you realize as an individual that something is happening for a reason, you accept it for what it is, and you face it in face value. So at the end of the day, you have to do what you think is happy for you. Because as Vic said, you said, you have to love yourself first. Yep. That's exactly what it is. I mean... These are the, see, we don't even have to be back in Methuen to have these conversations. <laughs> you know, the summer, the summer already started. We just not around the fire yet. Yeah. <laughs> that's summer right. night. Yeah, that's that's one of the reasons why we even started this podcast, Billy, is because me and Vic would just find ourselves too many times in situations where we're like, "Damn, we should have recorded that," or "Damn, yeah. this is this is something like that's worth to getting out of the public that like we shouldn't just keep to." you and I like this is actually something that can actually help someone out who's actually dealing with the same exact situation we are in right now where we were once in and that just proves to like the leaps and bounds we go through in life and our first episode me and Vic talked about college and you know figuring out what you want to do right then and there at 18 19 years old like you're passionate right now of of strength and conditioning Billy but like, you know, down the road, you know, life hits you hard and there's going to be certain points where like, damn, this is my passion, strength and conditioning. I want to move on to a different level of strength and conditioning, or maybe I just want to diverge from it. Like you really never yeah. know what's going to hit in your life. And these opportunities just open up and opportunities that weren't meant to be there will close. And the ones that were meant for you open. And I always believe that. Yeah, oh, 100%. Like, I remember when I was listening to your first episode and you guys were talking about that is, I mean, it's rare for you coming to college, like you said, and you know what you want to do. It changes. Everything changes. And don't get me wrong. There's, I love strength conditioning. Um, and that's my passion, but there's been doubts. Um, and that's human. I mean, through going through four years, wondering if this is what you, you want to do because maybe you had a bad internship or whatever. Maybe you had a bad experience. You're wondering if you really want to commit. I mean, everyone goes through those those hardships. Um, and like you said, you might adapt and you might change. Something might get thrown your way. And you, uh, I believe if something got thrown your way without you expecting it, um, there's a calling, there's a reason why that was thrown your way. Uh, I truly believe that. So sometimes those, those opportunities when you least expect it are the ones that are your greatest achievement in the end. Wow. <laughs> that was amazing, Billy. <laughs> Thank you. I'm here all week, you know. <laughs> welcome, welcome to my TED Talk. <laughs> That's amazing, man. Honestly, um, especially um, how you just, you know, hit on all those points that basically just summed up like the entire like conversation that we just had from, from, from point A of you talking about you being passionate for a strength and conditioning coach all the way to now, you know, at the, towards like the better end of the conversation. And then you say to yourself, okay, I just did all this, this and that, all these four years, 
all right what now you know that's kind of like you know like our name of our podcast like damn what, what's next say. in my life you know yep. and it's there's it's it's a mystery that's why there's a question mark you know you never know what's gonna happen the next day yeah it truly that's why is. I, that's I go by that motto. You truly never know what's gonna happen tomorrow or what's gonna happen in an hour. Stuff just gets thrown at you. Yeah, that's why you always gotta enjoy the moment, man. Like I think that's what you exactly you did on that day when your screen cracked and you had it fixed. You enjoyed the moment of you walking. You know, yeah. Like not everyone can walk, or no one, not everyone can put like earphones in their head and just bump music. You know. No, no, not a lot of people. It, it, it's kind of you gotta, you gotta really connect with yourself to really do stuff like that, um, because it's, it's, it's easy to just have music or it's just have a casual walk like that and really seem like it's in the background, especially music. You might just be having music in the background just to have noise, um, but if you, if you really truly listen, like I said, if you really truly listen to songs or if you really truly in tune with nature when you go on to a walk it's a whole different eye-opening experience oh yeah absolutely and that's why every single time the summer hits my family is always like oh there goes christian going to the beach again i'm just like listen i go to the beach for one reason one reason only i love the sound of water and like that just brings so much peace to me whether it's day afternoon evening night whatever time of the day it just it sounds exactly the same no matter where you are what time of point of day you um you actually attend the beach and really just adding on to that point it's being around your friends and not using your phone at the beach you're barely you're not even using your phone man you're only using your phone is if you have a speaker connected and you're changing music the rest, you're... shout out to Han- <laughs> shout out to Hampton Beach that has horrible service anyway, so that helps it out. Putting <laughs> that out there. If not, like you're grabbing a football, you're you're playing spike ball, you're grabbing a you're grabbing beer. a beer, like wow, like there's just so much more things to do when you're just around people. You're 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 yeah. setting it up and you're having a conversation just like this. Maybe you're 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 setting up the hookah. Like there's just so many things that can go on and, and it just brings so much peace and like happiness to like one setting. And all it really needs to be is just like me, you and, um, and Vic really, that's how it is, Billy. Like just three people in in a small circle and they all just chilling, breaking it down and breaking down life. (laughs) Yo, big facts. And and when we do that, we're we're embracing the little mm-hmm. things in life. You know, like literally all we have to do is just find a beach, sit there, and we'll have the best time of our Exactly. Life. And but, that's what we talk about. That that's that self care, the true and you're really happy with like yourself and, and you're independent with everything around you. That moments like that are exactly what what I think is where I can sit back and be like, I just need this moment and I'm happy with life. I'm chilling. Yeah, it's like there's no worries. There's no bills to pay. There's no job. Jobs you're supposed to be working. It's just, it's just you and in yep. your happy place. Wow. Um, I This is what 
the beach makes me so excited just talking about it. I really can't wait for it. Like it's just, just summer. Even the fires. You just brought up a good moment. <laughs> now you're saying that you move out this weekend, Billy. Let's run yeah. up a fire this weekend, bro. If it's nice out. <laughs> as soon as I'm done working the baseball game on Saturday, I'm driving home, unpacking my stuff, and we'll get that fire started. Who cares if it's three o'clock in the afternoon? <laughs> <laughs> Let's Honestly, run, man. I mean that that's just the true peace that we all seek for, and whether or not you find it in your own way, find it, find it, and truly stick with it. Because you're only going to go through so many more battles in your life. Like, we're only 22, 23 years old right now. And we're young. We're, we're, we're extremely young. We have so much more to learn. And if you don't learn something new every day, then you're not doing life right. Like, seriously. Like, you got to. It's funny. I, I, I always say, I always say uh, I'm content with, like, I always talk about how I'm content in moments that I'm with, like, my friends and stuff. But I truly also believe where if you're not content in your life, you um if you're content with your life around you, that means you're 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 good where where you are right now. I mean, you don't want to grow, you don't want to uh, expand your knowledge of anything. You're just good in the present moment. And for me, I always want to grow, so I'm always content in the moment. But I'm never content with life because I feel like for me, that's what pushes me to be better. Absolutely. And that really just the point that I was about to make. Actually, the question, and that's the last question I was about to ask you was, uh, how, do you can take, how do you take control of your own life? And I think you just answered it right there. It's just finding the next way of trying to, you know, become a better human being. Yeah, that you, you should never stop changing uh, for the better, no matter what it is in your life. And that's what I personally, that's like a purpose of like my life, I believe, a motto maybe that I go by. Um, but yeah, that's exactly what it is. You should, I, I believe you should always adapt um, habits, everything. You should always have some change in your life for the better. That's how you're going to grow. Even if it's just reading a, a different book that you usually don't read. Well, you just expanded your knowledge on something you didn't know about. Yeah. That was well said right there. The level up never stops. The grind never stops. Ever. Yeah, the, the boys are going to be buzzing. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. Well, thank you, Billy. Thank you again for joining on. And I know this won't be your last time on the podcast, but it was a good first time mm-hmm. of you being on the podcast. This is probably my favorite so far, not to be biased or anything, but... <laughs> It was a great yeah, conversation. I appreciate it. I feel, I feel <laughs> better after that. Yeah, exactly. Sometimes you just got to get off your chest. But, no, nah, I really appreciate it. I mean, everyone, I saw you guys uh, was doing this podcast right then and there. See, Vega, I texted you right then and there. I was like, hey, I'll be on it. Um, because I know, I know, <laughs> I know, I know you guys had the same thought I did about just like we talked about getting stuff out there that maybe people hide. But and that's exactly what you guys are doing. So I appreciate it. Uh, definitely not the not the last time I'll be on this thing. Absolutely, man. We appreciate it again. Thank you, Billy. Again, all love, all love. Victor, thank you as always. Thanks. Yes, so we're now. Till next, next time. time. See ya.